0: Hey
1: everybody, welcome to Homeroom with Phil Valentine, a podcast hosted by me, teacher comedian Phil Valentine. Every week I'll be sitting down with guests and talking to them about their school experience. This week I sat down with my good friend and comedian, Patrick Holbert, and we talked about his schooling, uh, what it was like in his neighborhood, the type of school he went to, and how he transformed, he went through some bullying, he went through some being bullied, and ended up a pretty sweet guy in the end so enjoy listening and uh see you later all right welcome to the homeroom podcast i'm phil valentine today i'm here with a special guest your first guest amazing special uh close friend of mine this guy's got his own podcast who cares with ross and patrick patrick and ross ross and patrick she comes first yeah yeah. (laughs) who cares podcast Uh, runs end-of-the-line comedy in Queens and uh, just a really good friend of mine really happy to have him on can't wait to talk to him pick his brain about it ladies and gentlemen Patrick Holbert
0: hey hey thanks so much I'm glad to be doing this I I loved homeroom in high school so uh, I'm happy to be back
1: (laughs) here to be reliving it a little bit
0: I think it's weird you record at 715 in the morning when homeroom starts but I guess you want to get us into the mood gotta take
1: roll Got to take roll. Yeah.
0: What is homeroom now in your school? What time is it?
1: Home? Well, it's at 835 in oh, my okay. school.
0: See, that's late. We were literally walking in the building at like 7 in the morning. The mist is like just like still evaporating off the mountain like so <laughs> early. It seems
1: <laughs> so early. you pushing the fog off the roads. Yeah. You know, my high school was like 730. And we, but we got out at like two ten, right? Which, same. looking back, is unbelievable. You're out when when some working people have lunch, still. right?
0: Yeah, I uh, I don't want to take control of your podcast, but I <laughs> you've got me thinking now about city kids versus suburb kids or whatever. Right. The playground I bring my daughter to every day, I keep finding kids playing hooky in the ma- in the bathroom. Ooh. Of the park in Ridgewood, Queens, uh, I walked twenty minutes to go to this other park. They play hooky, they smoke weed, they hang out. They have like full on hangs in the bathroom. In the bathroom. And uh, the other morning, I walked in, and there was a trio. It was two boys and a girl, uh, smoking, passing a doobie. I don't think they wow. call it a doobie, but uh, <laughs> and they, I walk in with my daughter in a stroller, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, sir." I was, and I just didn't respond because I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. So I just and I walked into a stall. I relieved myself. They did not move. They just they, stayed. Yeah. And so I've got a girl like a foot away from me, like a fourteen, fifteen <laughs> year old girl, just standing there. They're talking shit about somebody or something. Right, right. Uh, but they did not care that I was pissing right there.
1: You were interrupting their good time. Yeah. That's so funny. It's so funny that they like. What time of day is this that you're getting there? This is. I get there at nine thirty. Th- this occurred probably about ten thirty or eleven on, so they, on my way out. I wonder how much of the day they're burning in the bathroom.
0: A, a fair amount because this morning it was another whole group coming out. It was like <laughs> eight, it was like seven or eight boys, like fifteen year old boys coming out of there. For the record, uh,
1: that's not what homeroom is.
0: This is cool that I'm in here and I'm not saying anything to anybody. I'm not You're wagging a fuzz. Yeah, I'm not wagging a finger. Uh but I guess I do I don't know, I guess I don't really want my daughter drinking in or breathing in more weed smoke than she already does in my neighborhood. So
1: <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that these kids are smoking weed and not pens. Oh, vape pens. Yeah. yeah. That that is the challenge in schools now is the, the vape pens because they're odorless. They're odorless. You can go into the bathroom, smoke it, and be be gone, and nobody's any the wiser. You're yeah. going back in and into computer class.
0: And can you tell? You must be able to tell when a kid is stoned. Like, can yeah, you, can you see it in their eyes from a mile away? Or yeah, what?
1: that's the that's the giveaway. It's usually like they they have the red eyes and and whatnot. But it's not the same as, you know, coming in, reeking, like your hoodie, like reeking. Coming off of you. Yeah. 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 There's been like, you know, leaving the pen in the bathroom and then kids just know to go. Mm. And it's a different.
0: Man, think of all the parallels to prison politics and prison, like, <laughs> customs. Like, leave the drug paraphernalia. Yeah. Under the lid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Knock three times. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's crazy you get your yard time your cafeteria time. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well it's funny you know we're sitting here talking we're going to talk about your school experience yeah. but off air we were just talking about uh you know what the school experience is like today and uh how it how it mimics your regular work day and this is something i maybe something of a bit but like there's no part of a regular work day where you get to go take, like, a 30-minute break to play music. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, they have art. They have library. You can't be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to knock off for my 30 minutes of reading right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You know?
0: Like, I know I'm supposed to finish this TPS report, but I'm going to go do some paper mache Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: which would actually be really good for a work culture. It would be incredible. Like, having gym during the day, if you if every job let you go, yeah. you know, hey, work out for a half hour during the day then everybody would be happier or whatever go paint or go or even
0: younger go go to nap time lay on your oh. nap
1: spot and just uh, snooze a little bit most definitely i've worked with people who who take their nap time yeah in the car yeah 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 that's pretty smart yeah it's not bad not bad so patrick tell me about your uh, school where'd you right. do, would you mind telling us where you grew up yes. what school you went so, to I want to paint the picture ulster county new york
0: the hamlet of walk hill tiny little town about an hour and a half
1: outside the city yeah went to walk hill high school always when you when you call it a hamlet it's you know that it's you're getting country yeah yeah it's uh
0: it's a official municipality where i think I believe it is with a population less than 5,000. I believe that's what a hamlet is. Okay. But we might have to Google that later. These are the definitions
1: Uh, you learn when you are trying to defend where you live, not being upstate. Right, right, right. Or, yeah, or
0: figure out bits.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But, yeah, uh, small town, graduated with, I think it was 184... Um, there was 184 in our class and it, I think it works out to about 200 a class. Okay. Uh, it might be more now. There's a lot of, there is a lot of people that are, keep moving into the area I'm from. So it's Ulster County, Hudson Valley, uh, Southern New York. Um, I went to college in Long Island and now I live in the city of course. So everybody calls it upstate. Right. Uh, it's kind of funny, like the, so many of my peers now either, are buying homes in that area or airbnb all the time in that area. Uh, so it's kind of, you know, growing up, I just always felt like I got to get out of here. And now, yes. now I'm like, how do I spend my weekend there? Yes, you know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I loved I loved where I'm from. I loved my you high went school. There, experience. Wall to
1: wall from kindergarten. Up. Yeah,
0: nursery school. I lived in the same house uh, my whole life uh, until I was 18 um, when I went to college, and then uh, I guess my mom left that house when I was around 30 or okay. 32 or something. Um, but yeah, uh, just a. I don't know. It really was idyllic in a lot of ways. Like I love Norman little, Rockwell
1: kind of. Yeah. We don't realize it.
0: Yeah. With a little bit of like a little stank on it, you know, a little yeah. Norman Rockwell with some, uh, I think, uh, you know, just whatever small town, like, f- like there's plenty of familial dysfunction in, in my house and in my family. And then, The town itself, uh, I think it's just a depressed, economically depressed sort of area and town. Like you're familiar, you're from the same area. So like when IBM left in the 90s, like that really kind of messed things up for a lot of people and a lot of jobs up there. Yeah. So, you know, I have multiple family members who work as corrections officers. There's a prison in my town. Well, there's two prisons right next to each other. Uh, like a minimum and then a maximum
1: security and so lots of that's like a whole industry of you know holding up a town yeah how many kids at the lunch table have parents who work in the right directions
0: yeah so many and uh but yeah i i loved it and like um so elementary school i I always i think about this a lot like i didn't really speak a whole lot until i was in like fourth grade and i found my little crew of friends okay. and I kind of came out of my shell. And then fifth and sixth grade, I learned that I was funny. Um, unfortunately, I learned I was funny by making fun of other kids. Okay. So I was like,
1: the, I was, I was a bull. I was a bully, full on bully, fifth and sixth grade. Wow. Middle Which school. Which you are the nicest guy yeah. and it's impossible to think of you. I know we talked right. about that. I can't, you know yeah you're good with words, so I know anybody that's funny can use their power for evil but. right exactly well, I think it was because my
0: brother i have an older brother who's uh like like just a big guy and and uh he uh, I was extremely mean to him with my words, and then he would defend himself with force uh so you know that's how we fought like I would right. fight with words he would fight with fists i guess uh and then, um and then, yeah, to make my friends laugh in fifth and sixth grade, I was just like so cruel to like a few, like a handful of people. And then in seventh grade in middle school, I was on the receiving end of okay. being bullied. And that's when I think seventh, eighth was middle school. And then ninth grade, I just, I was just like humbled and I was awkward and like that's the most uncomfortable time I think puberty really right. was like weird for me um, and then I think when I came out of my shell again in ninth grade I realized I'll just be nice to everybody and I'll win people over and I'll be friends with everybody right. and that will make me feel okay and safe and taken care of or whatever so that's I think I, the current version of me is comes from a place of like
1: this is my survival tactic sure so that's sure. a quick version well all right can i uh jump back to the yeah. bullying days were you a bully like you had a kid or a couple kids that you went or you were just you know next person that walked by was gonna get whatever dennis the menace bullied or tripped up or whatever it was i mean
0: there's just like two guys i can think of that were just consistent butts of the jokes yeah and two or three girls uh who i was just just really mean to like just said horrible things and then teachers too like i i would uh scheme like prank a couple of the teachers and like be be just like oh man just manipulative and like um two-faced and uh just obnoxious like it's just so, truly obnoxious
1: it like to hear you saying the te- like bullying the teacher is it's so funny it's so like honest because it's something that i think every teacher right experiences but you don't call it bullying because it's coming from somebody a third year your age or whatever yeah. you know so you yeah. just think of it as like an annoying kid or like this kid is a jerk or yeah you know the 150 things teachers say and then,
0: but yeah, and i I was just like so um conniving about it because- like i can like a a buddy of mine actually just sent me the obituary to Mrs. O'Connor, my elementary school music teacher, who, in fifth grade, I was so obnoxious to because uh originally in my my school district, sixth seventh, eighth were middle school and when I was in fifth grade, that's when they made sixth grade merge into elementary school. So oh, wow. we were we were no longer like the big kids in the school in fifth grade. We had one more year. And at the time, I was like really into this girl, Tasha, who I really wanted her to be my girlfriend. I think she was my girlfriend for like a day or something. And she was in band. She played clarinet. And she had a big recital or band concert or whatever it's called. Uh and it was in the middle school, and I showed up, and I wasn't, I, I like, showed up to see her backstage, or, like, I I wanted to, like, I wanted to flirt with her, or whatever, and Mrs. O'Connor, who was the band uh, teacher, or whatever, she's like, you can't be here, Uh, this is only for the band, the band can be back here, so I, like, like started dodging around her in the hallway and she's like trying <laughs> to stop me. And I, I like, I think I was trying to impress Tasha. So I, I started making fun of her. Uh, I, I, I'm so ashamed to even say this out loud. Cause it's like shit that makes my skin crawl to think about. But like, I was like, Oh, your breath stinks. Like, cause she's like yelling in my face and yeah. I'm like waving my hand in front of my own face, like just stupid, right? Whatever. But like this woman is just trying to have this band concert <laughs> put on her concert. And, and she's right. got this little monster like up in her face <laughs> and then she called my mother and my mother like on the phone like the next night or whatever and my mother was like hey Mrs. O'Connor's on the phone and she said you were at the concert like causing problems is this true and I'm like That's not true. I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. My mom believed me.
1: She took my word for it. (laughs) Using your power for evil, man. Which
0: became, is just such a recurring theme in my life. This like double life. Like my mom thinks I'm an angel. I can get away with anything. Oh man. But really I'm creating all these problems over here. Right. Cut to sixth grade when we learned guitar in Mrs. O'Connor's music class. I fall in love with the guitar. Right. I win a music award that year. And like we, I guess all that was squashed because we finally connected on something that like, uh, was important to me. Right. You know? Okay. And, uh, I, but I don't think I ever like had the words or emotional capacity to say like, Hey, I treated you really poorly and I'm not proud of that. Like, uh, I wish I didn't treat you that way. And then, this obituary comes and me and my buddy like had some laughs about it. But at the same time, like I got a little emotional thinking like this lady brought so much joy and like the obituary was beautiful just about how much she loved music and she traveled the world and like learned, kept learning about music to teach to her students. And I got to experience that from her, but I treated her like garbage, right? (laughs) You know?
1: Yeah. But, but, because what what eleven or twelve year old has the emotional capacity to be able to yeah. say like, "Hey, sorry, I was a jerk or you know, sorry, period yeah, how yeah. M- <laughs> there's probably not enough adults that have that emotional capacity, yeah, um so I think that like when when a teacher does connect with you right, like you said, you guys connected on music and playing guitar, which i I want to touch back on that in a second, but um I think that there's a certain amount of like realizing that process from the teacher's point of view of like we, I did reach this kid. a year ago. This kid was trying to terrorize my concert and now this kid's yeah. going to be in my concert. You That's know? interesting. And so I think that there's definitely like a takeaway of, you know, what goes unsaid, Yeah, you know, you know, those things that you can't put into words.
0: Yeah. And I assume teachers also get like a black belt in detachment and not taking things personally. And like, just like, you know, if this kid's going to treat me this way, I'm not, I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. But
1: right. Right. I don't know. I have a philosophy of like, I understand that, that work can only make me so happy. So I know it can only take me down so much too, yeah. which is a double edged sword because I'm like, even the things that I celebrate, I'm like, I can't let it get too much because then it'll break my hormone. And that comes from a place of high highs and low lows. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that you learned guitar in music class, mm. or was it like after school? Like, no, it was uh...
0: music class, but we were allowed to go in uh, before school started and after school ended. So okay. I would go every morning. Like I just loved going took in. to it. And, Yeah, and my mom. I think we always actually we had a guitar around the house forever, and like when I was young even before sixth grade mm-hmm. uh you know we had my my brother and me were like best friends with the family across the street and the older brother in that family played guitar and we had mm-hmm. all fantasized about playing in a band so i ended up with an electric bass early on so we i was always like playing these instruments but never learned and then finally learned
1: in sixth grade well, that's what's so cool to me about you saying this is that I so often associate school instruments with like violin, saxophone, yeah, yeah. trumpet, trombone, you know, snare drum, never an instrument that you would pick up at the music yeah. store on your own, you know, right. so to hear you play guitar and then I know you, you know, you, you played music for a lot of your life, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah. right? So no, we
0: never very well, but, but as a hobby, I had right? a lot of anyway, fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I think that's awesome that, uh, that you got some formal training from school. Because, yeah. uh
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, uh, she had, cause there's like 40 guitars up on a rack along the wall in the music room. And I think they literally tuned them once <laughs> because there's so many. Right. Uh, uh, and Fred, uh, the, he'll never hear this Fred Davenport's dad uh, who I lived up the street from came in to tune the guitars and this guy did not look like he should be anywhere near children like this guy <laughs> tattooed and like just always sort of a, and my dad grew up with this guy his nickname was Freddy the whip this man's <laughs> to, to this day to this day I believe they call him Freddy the whip uh, That my, freddy the whip back there yeah and my dad was, like, drinking buddies with him. And anyway, it was like, wait, this guy's here tuning the, the guitars? Like, this is cool. Like, yeah. This is a cool thing. Because um, Fred, he you know, that Fred and his dad's name is Fred, played guitar, obviously. And uh, they had a drum set out in their shed. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a... Because, I mean, it's hard to talk about school without thinking about my town and the right because we were like the little rascals like there really was just so much a whole crew a crew of people with like you know back then like um hanging out with seventh graders when you're a fourth grader feels like this is crazy i'm hanging out with middle schoolers gonna start drinking (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, like wait we're gonna go jump off the bridge what (laughs) um but now it's like we're a few years apart, and it's like, yeah, we're right. we're peers, you Right. Know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: were you a bus kid or a walker? Both. Both. Uh,
0: we had a phase where I was like, very often taking the bus to school, more for the hang at the bus stop. Oh, that just I was around the get. corner, because we could like stand around and bullshit and like thinking with daylight savings this week, like. We would be in the dark, like, waiting for the bus to go yeah. to school. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, walking. Elementary school was all walking, uh, except for my mom would drop us off in the morning, but walking home, and then we were latchkey kids. Like, we would get into... So- like, that walk is, like, a eight-minute walk home from school or, like, a two-and-a-half-hour, like, adventure of, like, <laughs> getting into all kinds of trouble. And in my bully... Actually, this is interesting because this is pre-bully years, but this was a bully maneuver. Third grade, I organized a uh, rock-throwing surprise attack on some girls, and I nailed somebody in the head and, uh, and
1: got in trouble for it. Uh, uh, I couldn't crazy. imagine. But the worst thing... Who? Well, hold on. Did you get in trouble... At the school, or was yeah, this the next day.
0: The next day, I was called in the principal's office, and they said, "So and so said you were throwing rocks at them down at the railroad tracks. Uh, you're in trouble." Uh, I don't even really remember what kind of trouble there was because, whoa, this is crazy to think about. Because that exact day, we watched uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in Mrs. Ireland's third grade class. And she hit a golden ticket in a chocolate bar and I got the golden ticket and she took us to the frosty freeze in Walden, uh, after school for Sundays, like the exact, at the exact same time I got in trouble for assaulting a student with fucking rocks. (laughs) I don't know what, I, I think I was just always into thrill seeking behavior. Um,
1: like let's.
0: Let's do some crazy shit.
1: Well, right, and I think that when you're a kid, you, the only thrill you realize is, like, getting in trouble. Like, how getting away with something versus getting in trouble. Like yeah. that's, you're not, you know, cliff diving.
0: Well, that did come, though. Like, the jumping off the bridge in our town was like a big uh rite of passage like i but that was more like ninth the first kid
1: to jump was always the kid who got in trouble though when he was in fifth and sixth grade well the
0: first kid to jump i think well i don't want to say anything horrible but jeremiah brown i remember watching him when i was like in fifth grade or something take that leap and he was he was like a star basketball player but he was we we all call each other townies which isn't the exact use of the word towny, but right. because we all lived on the in the hamlet in the in the downtown ish area on this side of the because there's railroad tracks the the rail trail now that's so uh, funny but say uh, there's this literal side of the tracks there's literal tracks yeah and and uh, friends of mine they they have admitted to me that like yeah we always thought all oh, you guys on that side of the tracks, that was the bad side of the track. <laughs> um, but Jeremiah was the first to jump, and he, I think, has had a pretty spotty uh, <laughs> yeah. career. Uh, but yeah, since I said his name, I won't say
1: too much more about that. Fair enough. We uh, Every town kind of has that. Like We had cliffs, and I was always two chicken shit to jump off the cliffs because it's like over by the Taconic. Like there must be. Yeah. Bash, bish, bish, bash, something like that. I I might be mixing up different bish bash might be toward Massachusetts, but there were ones, uh, Beacon Falls, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. And there were people who died there and stuff. And, but it it was just the kind of thing where it's like, well, that was those guys last year. This is us. And I, I just, I would go I guess I was, There in case I had to run to get the ambulance. Yeah, you never did it. I never did it. I never had the guts to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we did the bridge and then we also did High Falls, which was another one that I've done somewhat recently, Uh, but there's always like... You've done it recently? Yeah, uh, I think four or five years ago, there was a wedding up there and we we went up. But I didn't do... So high falls. There's the low cliff, and then there's a high cliff okay. where you have to actually jump over the low one. Yeah, and there's we did a not. Yeah, beacon. And I think we didn't do that. Because uh, the older I get, I'm forty now, so I'm like, I have no desire to skydive. Right. Uh, you know, skydive. The ranch is my hometown. If oh. anybody's listening, Gardner is one of the towns that goes to. You've probably walk seen high the bumper school. sticker. Yeah, <laughs> and there's they had a rough summer two summers ago there's like multiple deaths i'm like who's going to this place yeah Um, i
1: the i've done so i've jumped off of a cliff but in a place where i knew it was wide open there's a
0: lifeguard (laughs) not you had you had swimmies on (laughs) yeah
1: i just i had to i didn't have to find the window uh, a three-foot window where i had to pierce through yeah and there's Coral on one side and sharp rocks on the other. I just like, yeah. no, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, extracurriculars? Were you uh, clubs, teams, anything like yeah, that? Yeah. Uh,
0: so I played little league baseball, which obviously is not school related, but uh, I I think my friends would say that I was good enough to play in school. Um, But my last year of Little League, I got turned off to sports competition by one bad coach. Like one bad coach made the whole thing suck for me. So I turned toward uh, skateboarding, rollerblading, street hockey, like the kind of... Rogue sports. The extreme uh, the, sports. The townie sports. <laughs> um, but in school, I was in like...
1: And rock throwing.
0: Yes. Uh, I did get involved with like yearbook and uh, uh, student government, newspaper. Uh, I was in a school play. Um, oh. The big one was probably sophomore, junior year, high school was... WCWP it was the morning TV show the the morning announcements were like broadcast on video and I was one of the anchors Uh, I sucked I I remember my principal being like you know you're very monotone right like (laughs) Are you familiar with Wolf Blitzer? Maybe you want to be more like Wolf Blitzer on CNN. I'm like, how old do you think I am? Yeah. Uh, Are you familiar with Wolf Blitzer? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I basically tried to figure out how to get attention in, okay. high, in high school with like clubs and organizations. Like, how can I? What can I join to uh, get attention and get reactions? So writing stupid stuff in the newspaper and then the morning show. And, uh, actually the morning show, we got into some hot water. My, my buddy, Chris, who's a high school principal now, uh, against all odds. Uh, he, he had this idea. We should pretend that I'm a cheerleader and put a mop head on my ha- hair. Yeah. Like I make it look like a woman's wig. And, uh, and stuff my t-shirt with socks. And we did this gag, I forget what the bit was, but he was playing the football player and he grabbed my fake breasts and made several sexist jokes. And we made this sketch, like filmed it in one shot and we put it on with like, Coach Dercola was the supervisor. (laughs) And he was like, what is this? And we're like, oh, it's just this like funny thing we did. He's like, all right, fine. We put it on the air, and we got coach in trouble. We th- <laughs> th- there were there were shockwaves around Walk Hill High School. Uh,
1: I would love to know if a copy of that still exists. I know,
0: me too. I I God, uh, it would definitely probably be cancelable.
1: Well, um, I was just gonna say, isn't there something like secure about knowing that it just existed in that one showing? Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably a couple hundred people who remember it from school. And yeah. like, but they probably don't either, you know? Yeah. Like, right. Uh, Just you and coach remember it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, I mean, that really gave me the bug cause, cause then the TV thing, uh, cause it, and then there was this other guy, Sean Hansen, who was actually very talented. Uh, like he was like editing videos in high school and like, he was he's he's played in some like major bands and like really talented guy wow and he he would film me doing stupid stuff and we'd edit it together and and i just loved like I, again like it is a thr- like the thrill seeking behavior of like being on tv or being right. on camera being the center of attention uh gave me that bug and then an English teacher of mine said, uh, you know, like you could do that. You can go to college for this, Uh, which I had no idea. Like I didn't know people made TV. So, um,
1: it it seems like it's just this thing that exists and either you do it or you don't, but you don't go from not doing it to doing it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so that was Mrs. Goldstein, my English teacher who, she was one of my favorite teachers so thank god for her like that was my first real
1: career you know that's awesome Um, you ever see her since since then
0: no Uh, she's one of those ones that I yeah that's that's an interesting thing cuz I I'm sure I've nerded out with you about the artists way I did this artists way workshop and that's what got me into doing stand-up in adulthood and uh one of the exercises is to write like thank you notes to people that inspired you and i actually don't know that she was on that short list uh, yeah because she should have been um she really did inspire me like in a real way to, yeah like, go go be creative in this way
1: yeah well that's so cool because i mean in i i think uh don't often associate school with like taking the creative path schools, the school path. And then creative is like going against that grain of, of school. So
0: yeah, I'm lucky in that any teacher I ever had, I, I think I was always just gravitated toward art, like visual art and music and whatever. And no teachers, like any messaging I got about like, you have to get a real job or you have to like be responsible. That was all like, family related and never in a bad way, never like right. Never like you need to do this or you need it was just always like, well, you know, you wanna get a job like the reason we a get practical. jobs is to uh get benefits, like you wanna have health insurance, you wanna like build a future. Right. You know, um uh so I did have hang ups about that, but then luckily all that kind of stuff fell into place. It wasn't until I was, you know, 32 years old and like uh burning out on workaholism that i realized oh that's all a sham like yeah. this is actually gonna make me walk into traffic so uh
1: we have this in common a couple of prom kings Sitting couple here. prom kings we got yeah. some freaking royalty at the table Fuck right now yeah <laughs> this is like the knights of the round the kings of the round table the kings of the side table we're here to talk about our land Yes, uh, so prom king and best personality, both of and us, and
0: homecoming king and spring fling king. Wow! I don't know if you were spring fling king. I but. was
1: like a, a underclassman in the court, but I was not yeah. all these kings. Wow! Yeah, I, several. My uh, my tyranny
0: uh, stretches far and wide. So you uh,
1: <laughs> you really turned from from unlikable to likable yeah <laughs> like, yeah
0: and and back in high school i would say around 11th grade is when i really turned on the charm and okay. i just honestly i think i got addicted to i loved the feeling of people liking me and knowing my name and being like hey what's up That's dude Patrick. what are you yeah. doing this weekend that was hilarious what you did cuz i guess there was the bu- bullying still existed in my life at basketball and football games like i went to every game to support my friends i loved being in the scene and okay but i would shout horrible things at the other teams like i would roast other oh, players i was a heckler right i was like a heckler and i would try to say things to get laughs more than actually it's sway the game at all so funny that, um,
1: to hear that called bullying cuz it is but it's like it's, socially ex- of it, it's right. somewhat
0: socially acceptable.
1: You're yelling at your rival. Yeah. Like. Well,
0: occasionally I would yell at awkward people in the stands, or, and I would get laughs like that. So I'd, I'd, you know, get back to school Monday, and I would love people saying, "Oh my God, that was so funny! Yeah. What you said or did or whatever." We torched him. Yeah. Um, and I just, I truly believe my heart was always in the place of like, I don't know if it was the right place, but in a place of like. I just really like this feeling of yeah. being friends with everybody at the time. Some of my friends would be like, you're a politician. Okay. You're, you're always politicking. Yeah. You're always, you know, cause you're I was, I, I, was like you. I was buddies with my principal. Like I would, we were like, sh- we would shake hands like in the hallways. Like, and I liked the feeling of people seeing me have this buddy relationship with the principal. Right. Like, uh,
1: and it really, it was all ego. It was like, I like being the big guy on campus or right. whatever. I'm um, that um, gray area between the students and the faculty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I, I think, my, and, and when my friends would be like, oh, he, there goes Holbert. He's politicking again. Uh, I would get really defensive back then. And I'd be like, that's it. Fuck you, dude. I'm just like, I'm friendly. I'm nice to people. You right? know? But they're, they were they were a hundred percent right. Like yeah. I was just try, I was trying to win people over. Yeah. Uh, so then, like with the prom king stuff and all that, it I literally was not. Uh, like they 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 were like oh, your campaign. I'm, I never campaigned for anything. It's just I think <laughs> people did like me, right? Uh, so anyway, I have like weird shame about it, but I'm also like. Uh, it's good for me to like think about these patterns I have and now as a 40 year old dad it is nice when I notice myself like really letting go of that stuff where I'm like oh yeah I don't give a fuck if that person books me on their show or like likes me or not like because as I, I don't know if you deal with this kind of stuff with comedy but like it is easy in comedy to like become obsessed about. Does that person think I'm funny or not? Yes. Like, are, are they mad at me? Like, did that? Why did haven't I, they booked me? Yeah, did I say something? Like, and I feel that going away more and more now that I just have more important things in my life. Right. Uh, so I don't know. It's uh, it's it's just interesting to see like how we change as people. I yeah. Guess.
1: But you're also like an amalgamation of of all the people you've been. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's
0: like yeah, like there are times where I'm like, Oh, I'm just like acting out right now, like eleventh grade me trying to impress Dude. some girl or whatever.
1: yeah. I mean I get that where I'm like I'm like, you know, I'm just getting pissy like uh you know, like my parents just scolded me about mm. something and it's like uh, you're at work or like this yeah. is real life, you know, like you it's not cleaning your room or it's not your teacher telling you you don't have recess. Yeah. But sometimes you just feel that like, I don't know if it's a headspace, you getting back into that headspace where you kind of, or I kind of got to like pep talk myself to be like, no, this is real life, real stakes. This is your job yeah. or this is your relationship. This isn't like cleaning up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or some of the things I'll say on a group chat to my oldest friends, uh, I can say some horrible shit Yeah. That, or, or even in person, like I, you know, one, one story I've probably told too many times is like a, a bachelor party. I'm like 30, yeah, I'm about 30 years old. We all go up to Montreal for a buddy's bachelor party. I'm sober, like a few years at this point. I'm not even drinking. Everybody else is drinking, getting high strippers come to the hotel room they're drinking like straight from the bottle vodka smoking a weed bowl like entering the room like these girls were not well you know (laughs) and uh they start telling us like how to change the room so they could put on their show like they like they're like move the whole bed and the the bed and the bed frame <laughs> needed to be moved. It was like crazy. It felt it was as close as you could get to that scene in uh uh Jared Leto in uh uh the drug movie Dallas Fires Club. No, no. No, uh, no,
1: no um uh, rec, no. Yeah, Requiem. Requiem for a Dream.
0: Yeah. It felt like that, but yeah. it was daytime. Like it's <laughs> it's like day day outside the windows and I like like there's all this chatter amongst all the dudes and in those scenarios i still want to fit in with my childhood friends you know right so i want to do i want to make them laugh the way i did in fifth and sixth grade so i just out of nowhere i'm like hey girls uh which one of you can how much would it cost to get one of you to cry on command <laughs> And it gets a huge <laughs> laugh out of the guys and I like that makes me feel good. But then I look at the girls who are just like looking at me like what You're the, the hell? fucking sober one? Are you a psychopath who says something yeah, like that? You yeah. know, like and just like realizing I can slip so easily into like I'm a shapeshifter. Like when you're right. people pleaser, social chameleon, like I can like Try to become whoever I think you want me to be, right? And when I'm with some of these guys and they're partying, like I think they want me to be a cruel asshole to entertain You're, them, right? When none of them want that out of me, or like, right. have nobody's requested that, right? Uh, it's but just you revert
1: back to eighth grade, you kind of, yeah, thing. yeah.
0: And it's, I don't know, it's just weird, because in high school, like, I, I didn't drink in high school at all, but I was there, dry, I would drive all those guys to parties, yeah. and, and I think I felt some kind of pressure to be funny, or, like, bring some, if I'm not gonna get drunk with them, to, like, bring something to the table. Right. Uh, so the driving was, like, my in, or whatever, and it, I felt I got to feel like I was part of the cool crowd. Right. Uh, I'm like sorry. Serve I'm like
1: your purpose uh, among them kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Sorry. I'm like getting all over the place. But, no, not at uh, all. I have a question. So you talked about like kind of making that turn realizing you could be a people pleaser, you know, uh, with the in crowd. Right. So is there like a time or a moment you realized like you made that turn? Like when did you know you were cool or Oh, interesting?
0: It? Um,
1: Honestly, probably not until
0: much later. Like, I don't think in high school I ever felt like, oh, I'm cool. Like, I think I always knew I was kind of like scheming or I was
1: some kind But you of- say you knew, but... But if, is it you know?
0: I mean, I there it, it is a pretty validating experience to be voted prom king over, <laughs> over like the the football star, right? Like actually right. several football stars, soccer star, like right. I'm just this gangly like funny kid, you know? Sure. Um. So yeah, I think that's validating, and that I, I don't, I don't, I won't say like i ever went to bed at night feeling i'm fucking cool right although you know what maybe there were times like like i do remember uh i do yeah like one of those football games or basketball games i can't remember which where i was just like saying the craziest shit in the stands and getting big laughs on fire yeah and i remember the the monday afterward benji rodriguez being like yo that was some funny shit. Yeah. And like thinking, I always thought he was just such a cool person. Right. And like to, to feel, and he was older, he was a senior, I was a junior, and to feel like, oh, he thinks I'm cool. Um, yeah, And then this guy, Jeff Dring, also, I remember thinking, I just always thought he was so funny. Um, and yeah, all right, maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit. Maybe even Maybe earlier, I was cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was cool. <laughs> like, in Little League, in, like, eighth, ninth grade, like, Jeff, this guy Jeff was on my team, uh, Jeff Dring, who's hilarious, he's, like, an amazing writer now, and, like, just a cool person. Uh, I remember him, like, I do remember people looking at us townies, um, using air quotes, like, like like i i remember people knowing that i was like a skater kid but i was also good at baseball and i was funny and i remember like feeling like he sees that in me he knows that's okay cool or something uh, so yeah i guess i guess i always felt like i was a little bit punk rock or whatever right. like maybe just
1: i feel like when you're in it you never you don't feel cool you feel like you're trying to be cool yeah as opposed to you actually are but if everybody else sees you as cool then i guess yeah what defines it
0: like like the picture i sent you today of when i had long i had long hair but i like shaved underneath it i had like stupid jewelry i my my sister and i were always like dying our hair crazy colors uh just really trying so hard to like (laughs) Be like, look at us. We, look at me.
1: I don't give a fuck. Like, how cool is this? Like, you Ch- care so much about not giving a fuck. Yeah. 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 I had like
0: <laughs> Chuck Taylor's, like, just falling apart, like, perfectly curated with the right laces that weren't like the, the laces that came in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, just really hoping people noticed like the song lyrics I would write on the Chuck Taylor's. Like, <laughs> hoping he, he he is deep. He writes Massey star on his, uh, shocks. <laughs> <Yeah, chucks. yeah. laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think it, I looking back, it's like, I know how hard I was trying. Uh, but at the time it did feel like, yeah, I'm like carving my own way or I'm like doing yeah. this interesting
1: thing. This is who I am.
0: Yeah. Like it's all self-expression. It's just like, Someone please notice me. Someone yes. please like please just see me, you know? Yes. So anytime I felt seen by any of those people I mentioned, I think is like that feeling of like, oh, I am I am cool or whatever. You ever get a, a teacher laugh? Yes. I was gonna bring that up. So Mrs. Jenkins, who is uh my eighth grade English teacher, she I'll never forget when she wrote like she would say like you're so funny and or I would get laughs out of her and she would say you're so funny and then on a paper I wrote she wrote this is so well done uh I don't think it was a funny paper um and she I got I got a 100 on this paper and uh she said she either said this or wrote this like please tell me what you're doing in 10 years and I remember thinking what a cool fucking thing for a teacher yeah. to say like
1: Uh, and yeah, like getting teacher laughs was the best teacher laughs are like, that counts for three laughs. Yeah. I, I tell my students now, I'm like, if you make me laugh, you're not going to get in trouble for it. But that's the gamble. Like if you're going to say it and not make me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you're like no hack shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm up here doing crowd work. You're going to bring that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'll bet you are a lot of people's favorite teacher. I, well, I appreciate you saying that. I think it goes by a year. Some years I think I'm like top dog, like definitely. And then some years I'm like, these kids want to forget me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I, you know, I think as uh, I try to be like a human teacher, you know, I want my kids to know that really like cause when you have a teacher, to you all they are is a teacher right they're not anything else so I I do try to like be a human to my kids and like have them understand that teaching is just part of me and like that for them too to realize just that like what you do here is just a part of who you are it's not who you are yeah
0: yeah that's uh that's really cool because I definitely like when you're a kid when you're young like elementary school and you see a teacher outside of school it's like yes holy shit I They don't s- live in the basement of the school dude
1: i remember seeing my fourth grade teacher smoke a cigarette and yeah. being like no like i was shorting out yeah on halloween this year i went to school as like a skater punk you know that's and great. i the all of the kids play with tech decks now they're all in so i brought a skateboard in and like did you do a kickflip i did did you blow their minds do it i felt like tony hawk landing the 900 <laughs> like it just put me, uh, just spinning the kickflip was enough for them to be like, yeah, they, yeah. like, couldn't believe it. It just, cause here's their freaking English teacher, their yeah. ELA teacher, like sitting there, uh, you know, guy who wears a polo shirt every day and then like coming in wearing a, skate shop. I, I wore my regular clothes that I would just not yeah, wear yeah. to school, you know. And did you
0: I, wear a thermal under a t-shirt?
1: Yeah, I just went straight long sleeve. Skate shop long sleeve. Nice. But it and so it was again like I think it was just like a, a like a, a side of the die revealed to the yeah. kids, you yeah. know. Like they teachers and students, you know, we, we only see one side of the die for each other. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so that's
0: a great way to say that. My buddy Josh, who's one of my closest friends and oldest friends, is a teacher, English teacher, and he has tattoos, like, all over, like, down to the knuckles, and uh I think that's cool to, like, for them to see, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, like, a creative person, and I like this stuff, and I'm not going to hide stuff from you. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's
1: really open with them. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know, you get those ideas of... uh you know if you have visible tattoo you know, those old stigmas that we yeah. would hear when we were kids it's like if you have visible tattoos you're never gonna get a job it's like well here's a guy who's working at the school he got a job you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. here's a teacher i i know i've worked with uh i've worked with principals who have hand tattoos and stuff and it's like they're people yeah right you yeah. know they're still everyday people so it's just this like projection that other people are like i wouldn't hire somebody with tattoos so they would never have a job it's like no here yeah. they are and you know it's a weird weird thing that people do yeah uh, one thing i wanted i i uh mentioned to you i wanted to talk about it just if uh in, if you were able to put it in the the three best worst and weirdest parts of your school experience i would love to know
0: hmm best worst weirdest uh Oh man, uh, you did send me this on text and, <laughs> and I was like, that is great. And then I didn't, I didn't come up with any specifics. Uh, worst, worst is probably easiest, right? Worst, yeah, worst for me was definitely navigating how to talk to girls and how to, how to make that happen. Uh, I lost my virginity the summer after my senior year, like after I graduated high school. Um, But I would say I was a sexual person for like four years before that or whatever. Just all of high school. And, And then before that, even like some of the cruelty in fifth and sixth grade was like, Messing with girls saying, like, hey, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend, and then like somehow embarrassing them about that. About that, I like, I'm not your boyfriend. What are you talking about? Like, right, just really weird, manipulative, cruel shit. And Mr. Witham in fifth grade actually said, What you did to Mary Beth was cruel. And I remember him saying that word, thinking, But it was funny. I'm, I'm like the funny, right. nice guy, I'm not cruel. And then just being like, Oh wait, what the fuck is wrong with me? You yeah, know? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but knowing I had twisted, s- twisted feelings about girls, like that's a weird joke to make uh, right. to a girl and then discovering my body or whatever in eighth grade and like wanting, like learning that some people were actually, actually having sex or making out. Right. Uh, I mean, I had a girlfriend, girlfriend, air quotes, uh, in eighth grade who specifically started telling my friends to tell me that she wanted to tongue kiss me by the buses uh, that day. And I got so scared. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. So right. I broke up with her. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't tongue kiss a girl until I think like sophomore year of high school or whatever. Right. Um. And then like I had some hookups with girls the summer before senior year where i just felt ashamed and embarrassed by them when both of these girls were like super they they were very sexy to me based on how my body responded alone like why (laughs) didn't i why didn't i just like like i wish i would have just let that happen instead of like over like i would overthink these kinds of things and like social dynamics of it. yeah and like shut it down because I like what what will my friends think or like I told that other girl I like her or like whatever right whatever the weird mental
1: gymnastics oh of it all.
0: yeah the overthinking crazy <laughs> overthinking which I'm still plagued with with <laughs> yeah. overthinking yeah which I think is I I didn't have relief from until I discovered drinking in college so um so yeah that would be the worst part was like the overthinking girl stuff okay uh. And I, I'll, I would roll in the weirdest part with that. Uh, or maybe I can find something more interesting to talk about. Uh, well, here's a thing that was weird and kind of made me learn a lot about how the world works. This is 7th grade Spanish. Uh, no, 8th grade Spanish. Whenever OJ Sim- the O.J. Simpson verdict was happening uh so was that what 93 no the
1: crime was 94 i don't know if the case was 94 okay
0: well so yeah anyway it was that year i'm only bringing that up for a time frame um my teacher went out on a long break i don't know i don't know if she had a kid or something or why but she was out for like two months uh maybe more so they brought in this long-term sub who was a Spanish-speaking man, like a guy who was Hispanic uh, yeah. or Latino. I don't know what the the correct term is. Um, he uh, he was a people pleaser like me, I think, because yeah. he learned that there were personalities in the room that would l- trick him into just like hanging out for forty-five minutes, and we were bullshit. Yeah. Um, uh, this is very. N- politically incorrect to say but one of them was midget eddie uh he was a little person in our school and that's what everybody called him uh he even called himself that that's just his name these were different times but he he was a puerto rican kid and so he he spoke spanish and he would and he was like classic napoleon kind of personality like he ran that classroom right uh (laughs) and he got this teacher to basically turn it into a hang every day and I told my mom, I was like, I don't think I'm learning anymore in Spanish. This there's, there's a substitute and I don't, yeah, you know, whatever. And my mom called the school. And the day came where the teacher came in and he said, guys, I, you know, we have to do the work because somebody called in. Somebody I don't know who it was. A good time. And then it turned into that weird thing where everybody's like, who was it? Who told, Right, you know? And I learned so much about uh, like truth and justice and um, like like what I mean. I do think it was the right move. I was just like gonna did say it's to such learn. a
1: weird thing because you're doing the right thing. Your moral compass is pointed in the right direction with that. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: But it's like the the feeling of being like, oh, I'm the fucking lame one now. Right. Like right.
1: I'm the corny one. Like. And you probably told your mom not expecting the outcome to be her calling.
0: Yeah, and I actually can't remember if I was ever made or not. Uh, I'm like, mom,
1: don't you get? It? I was just blown off steam here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get me Rosetta Stone.
0: Um. So that was a weird thing. Uh, okay. And then the best part. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I like it's so lame and cliche. I, I will say the memories, like I really do have a lot of fun memories, uh, and a lot of just like crazy stuff that happened that'll, it's just all stuff that feels like fodder for up And yeah. And like, you know, knowing how I want to raise my kid and, sure. uh, you know, we were just hanging out with a friend who is uh, an NYPD police officer detective for like, 15 years or whatever. And he was like, he was like, I got to tell you about the public school system. (laughs) And he's like telling us about it. And I'm just like, damn, like, like we've been so excited. Like we're going to live in Brooklyn and she's going to have this like awesome childhood and this like out of this world, like, you know, it's New York city. This is amazing. And now I'm like realizing, Oh, this might be challenging, you know? Right. And so like, I don't know. Knowing how lucky I was to have the school experience and growing up experience I had, how can I help her have that here? Yeah. Um, like nothing he said is making us be like, "Oh, we got to get the hell out of here." But it's right. definitely got me thinking about um, being more hands-on. Maybe like our parents didn't help us with any of our homework. Like right. They, like, my mom was pretty good about making sure we were doing it, but nobody's, like, sitting with us, like, helping us figure stuff out. Right. I have a feeling that might be a big part of my life uh, based okay. on what I learned.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But anyway. Cool. Really cool. I don't know if that's a
1: lame answer. Not at all. This has been awesome.
0: Yeah. Thanks well, so much for inviting good to me. to
1: have you on, Patrick uh the Holb holbert report on instagram where yeah. else can we find you online uh yeah that's the best place uh
0: my website patrick com. i'm trying to get into blogging i actually actually this is a good pitch i wrote a blog on there three or more years ago now about one of my bullying incidents in oh, elementary right. school bullying a teacher i made him cry so uh check wow. that out it's a One of the three
1: blog posts up there. All right. How do we find that? Uh, PatrickHolbert.com. PatrickHolbert.com. By the way, you saying that, making a teacher cry, that is actually more valuable than making a teacher laugh. (laughs) We we made an Italian teacher cry. Italian class, not just... uh, some, so, <laughs> some teacher with a vowel last name crying. <laughs> and once we realized we could do it in seventh grade, it was like, all right, this is the new challenge. So, is it a lady? or a, Yeah. yeah. I, I made a, a guy cry. So. Well, that is like 10 points. <laughs> Patrick, it's been yeah. a great time, man. Good to have yeah, you love on. You. Love you, man. Love you. All right, that was a lot of fun recording with my good friend Patrick, stand up comedian, one man show. Uh, definitely check him out on Instagram at The Holbert Report. Check out his podcast, Who Pairs with Ross and Patrick? And thanks for tuning in. One last thing if you like the show, please make sure that you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and send it to a friend. We'd love to have more listeners. Thanks a lot.